The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Happy Monday. Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. CBS NFL podcast. I'm Katie Mox here with Will Brinson. We got Josh Edwards joining us in just a little bit. CBS Sports NFL draft writer. Today we continue our journey to draft day. So keep a lock with us all week long for more off-season news. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe on the YouTube page. If you're listening to audio only, do the same. Make sure you download, follow, leave a five-star review, and tell your friends to listen and watch the pod. Brinson. Did you hear the news today that somebody, one of one of Billy's favorite players, got paid today? Start spreading the news. Jalen Hurts <laughs> getting paid. $225 million. Is it $250 or $225? $55. Oh, $255. Five-year $255. And $179.8 million guaranteed. Um, let's see where that actually slots out once we get to the, you know, the actual portion i can't get my emoji keyboard to work on my computer for some reason very annoying by the way shout out to uh fish charleston um john hurts look i mean look i don't know why we have him i, I love our stats team our, our research team at cbs sports hq they do a great job uh don't need his quarterback ranking wins for last year that's not a quarterback stat <laughs> more importantly 13 rush touchdowns first uh, in the NFL for all quarterbacks and the second most by a quarterback in NFL history behind only Cam Newton in his rookie season when Cam did not give one F about his body. Um, and then you see yards per pass, eight, a full eight. I mean, that is beastie. Like you get anything above a seven and you were talking, you know, you're in MVP territory, at least if your production across the board matches that, you can stay healthy for a whole season. Third in the NFL, fourth passer rating, 101.6. I mean, this is a guy who like, Look, I mean, this is Jalen Hurts' day. Uh, I'm going to pat myself on the back a little bit with a with a, oh. a quasi humble brag. It's not really a humble. It's hmm. so before last season, Katie. I said that I was picking the Eagles to go to the Super Bowl and lose to the Ravens. In hindsight, a bad choice of, of opponent, but nevertheless, <laughs> I remember talking to you and you told me you had a futures bet on the Eagles because I'm a 49ers fan and I was disappointed in you. You were like, "Don't hate me," and I did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, but the, you know, the thing is, the thing is like I, my, the whole, it was all predicated on the fact that the Eagles were, you know, had this great pass rush that they fortified the secondary, that it looked like a 2017 team. They had some nice running game, you know, the, the nice running backs. They had a really good offensive line. And if Jalen hurts took a small step forward as a passer, then the Eagles could really be a dangerous contender in the NFC. Well, he took a massive leap forward as a passer. And yeah. I, I think one of the things that we forget about Jalen hurts is when we, you know, we, we talk about him as, you know, like, like he has been, and I, I make this point a lot, but I'm, I'm going to make it again here because he just got paid. He's been in the public football consciousness for what feels like the better part of like almost 10 years now. 
It feels yeah. that way because he was at Alabama and then he, you know, he was the, took the team to a, a title game and he was benched for Tua and Tua wins the title and he transfers to Oklahoma and then he's drafted in the second round and he's Carson Wentz's foil and then he finally takes over and he's given the, a shot at the job. The dude doesn't turn 25 until August. Wow. He's still 24 years old. I mean, like, I think people forget this. He is really, really, really young and he took yeah. this massive leap forward in his 24 year old season. Like, there's still. You know, the human body is its maximum athletic potential, at least for uh, males who are in shape. Um, clearly, when you're out of shape, you max out at 42 from a physical Ma- standpoint. Males, much like yourself, in shape. Right, 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 right. right. I'm, well, I'm really thinking like I'm maxing out at like 41 because I just didn't. <laughs> but like Jalen Hurts is is maxing out at like 20, 25, 26, 27. Like the 27 is the prime, uh, is is the absolute pinnacle of your athletic prime. They've done studies on this, et cetera, et cetera. Like it's because you you physically mature, you mentally mature, you're able to take care of your body, you're able to all these different factors go into it. He's not there yet, and he's already wow. taken the Eagles to a Super Bowl, and now he's getting paid. I think this is a no-brainer contract for Philadelphia to give him this deal. Like you look at like all the stuff that's like going down with like Lamar Jackson and how difficult it's been to get a deal done. Like, this is the whole thing. You can get paid. He's got a no-trade clause. Yeah. It's the first no-trade clause in Eagles history. I mean, it's 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 not that hard to get a deal done if you really want to get paid. Well, you hit on that right there. What does how does this affect Lamar Jackson now getting paid? You got to think he sees this news come across this morning and he's feeling pretty salty. Well, I mean, the issue is so uh, well. This is a five year not fully guaranteed. It's not fully. No, guaranteed no, it's one hundred and ten million dollars is fully guaranteed. So you're talking about one hundred and forty. For 145 million with another 15 million in upside that he can get, that is not guaranteed. However, at this age, even as a running quarterback, like you look at Cam Newton's contracts, it's really unlikely that he won't get all of this money or won't get a significant chunk of this money. And he's just he just secured himself 110 million dollars. Yeah. Like that's nothing to sneeze at. He and he did yeah. it in a way that likely. You know, I need to you know need to see the full structure of the contract, but likely sets up the Eagles to you know maneuver their way around the salary cap um, to restructure it down the road, and that's part of these fully guaranteed deals too. That I wish I think if teams were smart, they should push. That's crazy. Victor Garcia points out Hurts is younger than Hendon Hooker. I mean, he's like he's like he's actually Stetson Bennett babysat Jalen Hurts when he was <laughs> when he was younger. Like that's how that's how young how young Jalen Hurts is. I mean, like. These teams should push the narrative that we don't want to do fully guaranteed deals because it allows us yeah. to restructure down the road and to help out in salary cap space. And like again, like you know, I, I don't. I need to see the the full contract before because well, you, you, like, you see. You- I'll give you some some, uh, info on it. So the extension includes 15 million in incentives, meaning Hertz can earn up to a record 54 million per year and up to 274.3 million total through 2028. And then also includes his 4.3 million that he would have been due last year on his rookie contract. Mm. Uh, I'm trying to see if, if anybody, if Spotrack, see, that's the issue of Spotrack and like over the cap might have it first. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting. You know, we talk about these contracts and you know, you can't really, they have to be filed with the NFLPA and, and put into it in the NFL, and they have to be put into a database. And that's how these people—that's how you know spot track and and over the cap—and these people obtain them. Um, it's 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 a it, it to me just initially on first blush, given the difference between the fully guaranteed the fully guaranteed money, the total guaranteed, which is one seventy. So you got one ten and fully guaranteed on a five year extension. So really, you're just like twenty million per year. Uh, in, in fully guaranteed money, which is not that outrageous at all for yeah. the Eagles. Um, you know, you have a $180 million roughly and see, yeah, they don't have, nobody even has these, the, the contract in there. You have 180 million in total guarantees, which means maybe it's injury, maybe whatever it is. And then you have 250, you know, he's going to make 255. If he plays out the length of the contract, it's really unlikely that he's going to have like play five years for yeah. the Eagles on this contract completely. The last yeah. two years are probably kind of dummy years. You can probably cut him if you wanted or, or move on from him. That's how these NFL contracts work. And it's more than likely they'll restructure in two years and say, all right, he's playing well. You know, we still, we need to free up some salary cap space. It, it, it all depends. There's so many different variables to it, but this is a perfectly reasonable contract for both sides. 
He's eligible yeah. for it. He's getting up to $255 million. He's fully guaranteed $110 million. If you give me $110 million, Katie, I'm cool. Like, I'm going to make, I'm going to manage the rest of my life with that. You know, like, I'm going to be good. 100%. So, how do you rank Howie Roseman? Uh, in terms of GMs? Yeah. Um, he's, he's way up there, man. I mean, he's, he is, you know, he has done a one. He's taking, you know, he's got the 2017 team wins the Super Bowl. This team last year, 2022 goes to the Super Bowl and very easily could have won it. You see Howie's ability to pivot away from Carson Wentz and to find Jalen hurts. Like Howie's made some really aggressive moves. He's done some, you know, some stuff, um, in terms of how he, uh, you know, power played it with like Chip Kelly and Andy Reid, and, and maybe you can, um, you know, you can you can negotiate that all you want when you talk about Harry Rosen's legacy. But the guy is unbelievable at cap management. He is fantastic at utilizing the resources in his scouting department and and everything in order to maximize the talent coming in. And he has learned. He learned from Andy Reid, who he grew up, you know, kind of kind of working with. He learned how to that you have to develop quarterbacks. You have to constantly be thinking about quarterbacks. And when he drafted Jalen Hurts with a second-round pick, people said, oh, what are you doing? You have Carson Wentz. You want a Super Bowl with Nick Foles? He said, we're a quarterback factory. And everybody's like, well, what do you – it's worthless. You're never going to play him because you have Carson Wentz, and that's your guy. And then sure enough, Carson Wentz you know, falls off the face of the earth. They're able to trade him for a first-round pick. And then you know, and now they have two first-round picks. Or do they have a – they have a have two first-round picks in the draft coming up? Or they have one? They have one, but it's the Saints' first-round pick. Yeah. Right. The point being is he has done Howie Roseman understands what is important in the NFL, the modern NFL, quarterbacks, draft picks, and he utilizes resources in order to maximize the what the Eagles have. There so you do go. you think that yeah, there he is. Yep. Do you think that this helps Lamar Jackson get paid? I saw Billy saying that in the chat. Um yeah, they have 10 and 30. I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry. My bad. They have two. Yeah. So, I mean, they have, they have a 10th overall pick and then the 30th overall pick. Yeah, because the Saints traded. That's right. Um, I I don't think that this – I don't it think matters. that this helps – I don't think it helps Lamar. I think this hurts Lamar's case because yeah. Jalen Hurts has played at an MVP level, not unanimous MVP because he didn't win it. Lamar was unanimous MVP in 2019. But Jalen Hurts has been to a Super Bowl and has played at an MVP level for a season and just took – the deal that Lamar does not want to take just yeah. like Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert at some time, at some point this offseason, are going to take a similar deal to the one Jalen Hurts took. And once those three guys take those deals, it is going to be almost impossible for Lamar Jackson to demand that he gets a fully guaranteed contract. All right, let's bring Billy into this. Cause we know it's a very exciting day for Billy one, Billy, how do you feel about the news? Your guy getting paid highest paid so far for a quarterback. And then also let's talk about where we rank Hertz. And I know Billy's going to rank him quite high. I mean, for me, I just really feel great today. You know, I really feel so good. <laughs> I really might have to make like a glasses change at this moment, Ooh. at this point. And really throw in the shades because I'm yeah. feeling really cool. My guy Hertz got paid. <laughs> he got the money. He got the check. And you look like a you look like a you look like a dork. You're hating. It's fine. It's cool. Yes, I am. Hopefully, I mean, Lamar Jackson can get paid off, off the back of this deal. Like, Eric DaCosta needs to be taking notes of Howie Roseman, and he needs to pay his quarterback. This is how you treat a quarterback. This is how you treat guys in the league. You pay the star players. When they perform for you, when they do what you ask them to do, and they help your team get wins – you have to pay them. And guys around the league notice that. That's why they haven't had a wide receiver on their team who's made it to a Pro Bowl. You don't get those top-tier top type guys without paying certain positions. And that's the quarterback position. So they have to find a way to get Lamar Jackson paid. But to answer your question, Katie, mm. Jalen Hurts is probably, I would say, number two right now for me. Patrick number Mahomes two. Patrick Mahomes I would is say he's top five. Yeah, okay. He's number two. He's number two right he's now. Not, he's, he's not two. number in the NFL. Josh Allen hasn't gone to a Super Bowl. What? He's number two right now. He's but that's, Okay, look, look, I'm going to quickly take Billy Bad Takes and disprove this silly logic. Because <laughs> Jalen Hurts went to a Super Bowl and lost to who? He lost to Patrick, Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes. That's why, why hasn't Josh Allen him. been to a Super Bowl? Because he can't beat 
That that has no that has no bet. He's beat who he had to beat in his conference. That has Jalen Hurts no didn't beat Patrick Mahomes, therefore he hadn't won a Super Bowl. Just like Josh Allen hasn't beaten Patrick Mahomes, that's why he hadn't been to a Super Bowl. You can't move the bar around when there is ex- when there's an X when one of the factors involved is identical, and it's Patrick Mahomes, who's just like Tom Brady in that he's a pain in the ass for the entire NFL because he won't lose. Like that's <laughs> that's Josh Allen is above Jalen Hurts. Joe Burrow is above Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, you could talk maybe top five, but he's definitely top ten. He deserves to get paid. Is Josh Allen an All Pro? Josh Allen's made All Pro, right? Has he? I don't. I, I don't. I don't know. That's not my guy. I know my guy Jalen Hurts is an All Pro. <laughs> was he? Was oh, was was Jalen Hurts first team All Pro? Yeah, he was. Pretty sure he was. But no, Mahomes would have been first team All Pro because he won MVP. Mm, he was he was i'll look it up right now he was all pro i think you mean second team all pro pro he was the pro bowl for the year and first second team all pro yeah yeah, he was he was he was but either way my thing is my point is mahomes up here hurts but I think we still have to talk about that NFC championship game where the 49ers did not have a quarterback. Cause you said he beat who he needed to beat. There was nobody on the other end of that field. That could Josh run Allen an was 2022nd team all pro. So they have the same number of all pros. Thank you. I yeah. I hate to see it. <laughs> all right. So Billy has uh, Jalen hurts as number two. I have him top five. I will. I'll, so I mean, to, I, look, I mean, like I think that look, I, 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 mean, I think the Eagles are going to the Super Bowl. Okay, like I, I said, Hurts is going to yeah. be much better this year. I'm not hating on Hurts when I suggest that he's just not the second best <laughs> quarterback in the NFL. I still think you're taking. I mean, you're obviously taking Mahomes first. I still think you're taking Josh Allen based on the entire body yeah. of work that he's produced at the NFL level, and I still think you're taking Joe Burrow uh, based on the entire body of work he's produced at the NFL level. Like that's now part of this is not Jalen Hurts' fault. He doesn't. He didn't. You know. He didn't. He hasn't been. He hasn't been given. He because of his situation, he hasn't had as much opportunity as those guys who were top first round picks, top ten picks, who were expected to start immediately for their teams. Whereas Jalen Hurts is a second round pick. Obviously, he had to sit behind Carson Wentz for whatever reason. So I don't understand. Okay, like that's fine. You're gonna you know downgrade him because you know he has. He's the best quarterback. This is a good. Let me ask you. Let me ask you this. Who do you rank higher, Lamar Jackson or Jalen Hurts? Thank you. That's the next question that needs to be answered. Because no, but not even Jalen Hurts. You got to compare him to Josh Allen's and Joe Burrow's. Where do you rank him among those guys? Because you just told me Josh Allen is a is above Jalen Hurts because he can't beat Mahomes and he can't do these things, but he has an All Pro. That man, Lamar Jackson, has a unanimous MVP. One of those things that only one other guy in the whole league has. That's Tom Brady. So where are you now putting him? Matt Ryan has a unanimous MVP too. Matt Ryan. All right, that's that's a Matt Ryan. an incredible season. <sighs> yeah. I think he had unanimous. I think it was unanimous. No, it was not. I think Tom Brady is the only other quarterback right. to have a unanimous MVP. Him and Lamar Jackson. Who the F voted for somebody other than Matt Ryan that year? I don't know, but I mean, there's only two guys that have a unanimous MVP. One of them is named Lamar Jackson. So where are you going to rank? And the other guy is the best quarterback we've ever seen play the game ever. So where does he now rank? Because you can't have your cake, you need it too. Wow, Matt Ryan wasn't even close to unanimous. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> I, that would be interesting if he was Derek unanimous. Carr got six votes that year. God, I, I know. Zeke Elliott got six. What a joke. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I just think the thing with Lamar is, you know, we Health? like Lamar. Lamar yeah, don't has, worry, I'll wait. <laughs> I mean, Lamar hasn't been above 3,000 passing yards the last three years. Yeah. It's a bit of a red flag. And flag. if your excuse is he was hurt, then I don't know what to tell you because <laughs> that's a red flag too. Lamar's right. last three years, Lamar's look, Lamar has been, has, de- I'm a, I'm a Lamar stand, but Lamar has declined from his MVP play the last three years. Like anybody, if you're starting a team, are you taking Jalen Hurts or Lamar Jackson? I mean, it's a hard decision, but you know, I'm biased. So I can't, you just said Jaylen, I, I, I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's I think fair if you're starting a team, I think if you're starting a team, that you know, I and think you begin tomorrow, you're taking Josh Allen and Joe Burrow over Lamar Jalen Jackson. Hurts. I think you're taking Justin Herbert over Lamar Jackson, too. 
guy, you're taking Justin Herbert over Justin Herbert over Lamar Jackson. Yes. No. Yes. No. No. If you gave Lamar <laughs> sunglasses Jackson, say no. Justin Herbert's weapons, there's no way Lamar Jackson doesn't get to an AFC championship or even to a Super Bowl. The the amount of weapons that Justin Herbert has and Lamar Jackson have are, are literally drastic. <laughs> drastic. And he's still been able to go at least into the second round of the playoffs. What has Justin Herbert done? Has he has he succeeded in the playoffs? This is, I don't understand this. Like we've given all this credit to Justin Herbert and put him on this pedestal. What has he done? Do you think that Lamar Jackson's benefited from the elite level elite level of coaching around him? Are we saying John Harbaugh is yeah, not? I'm saying John Harbaugh versus um, Nick Sirianni and several offensive coordinators. Yeah, I mean, but they also had an offensive coordinator who was using. What's going on with your ring light, man? You got like two ring lights going. You got like a tiny ring light, a big ring light. I, you know, I got a lot of lights over here. The light shine, lights are shining over here. It looks like you got aliens <laughs> at your house. Your, your the lights are shining over here, brother. Josh Edwards, you know, look, look, look. Jalen Hurts got paid. He deserved to get paid. Everybody's happy for him. Let's hope that his contract doesn't sink the Eagles like Carson Wentz's contract did. Oh, and let's God. talk to Josh Edwards about some draft stuff because that's more important than Jalen Hurts getting the contract that we all knew who's going to get. But good for him. I think it's a good deal for the Eagles. I think it's a win-win-win. So it's win-win-lose. That's what this contract is. Win for Jalen Hurts, win for the Eagles, and a big fat L for Lamar Jackson. I agree with that. I do agree with that. So All right, Katie, do we have Josh I'll here? Throw, so coming up next, Josh Edwards talks draft. Let's take a quick break. We'll be back. With Josh? Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hopefully. Hopefully he's here. Here he is, back on the big six. Yeah. I, I just I just threw us to break. I, I was like, we gotta get off this Jalen Hurts. Like, no, no, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Uh, Will Brinson, Katie Mox here. We got Josh Edwards, uh, Hi, Josh. CBS Sports NFL draft writer. Uh, guys, before we get started with the draft, I did read an article today that uh, Broncos quarterback Russell Wilson flipped his golf cart on the golf course. Apparently, no one was injured. That's good. I miss that. Y'all have been golfing a lot. Have you ever yep. come close to flipping a golf cart? What do you have to do in order for that to happen? I am so glad that you asked that, Katie, aka Kelly. Hmm. Because I immediately thought of the only time I've ever actually come close to flipping a golf cart. One, it's hard to do unless you're a jabroni, right? Two, the only time I ever came close, I was with my uh, old, old, old friend and uh, former college roommate and uh, pal from high school, Wes Copeland. And Wes, always known to be a bit of a, a, ga a rambler gambler man, tiny little short man. But uh, tremendous hands, uh, tremendous golfer. <laughs> I don't think he deserves um, to catch that heat from you. <laughs> I mean, he's wait. I haven't seen. I actually haven't seen him in years. I feel bad. I would oh, love Hendler, to catch him. Gambler, little short man. Shout out to him. I just, I just realized he's down in Tampa, which which is odd because it, you know this is not something for this podcast. I'll think about it on my own uh, later. Okay. But Wes took us down sideways down a medium sloped part of the fairway in the rain. And tried to spin it. And we did like a, a 180 or 360 while going down a hill and very nearly tipped over. And that's honestly the closest I've ever been 
to flipping a golf cart. I have never been remotely close to flipping a golf cart when I've been driving. And I'm not exactly, Josh, I don't know about you. I mean, I don't, I don't know if I come across as like timid. I don't think I do. <laughs> I'm, I'm Driving-wise, I'm fairly aggressive, and I'm not afraid to like haul ass in a golf cart. But I, I don't want to flip a golf cart. I've never been close to flipping a golf cart. Um, uh, relatives of mine have golf carts that like like leisure activity golf carts. Friends of mine do. And that's the closest I've ever been. It's like one time. So Russell Wilson, professional athlete, being paid millions and millions of dollars. What the hell are you doing? Right, Josh? What the hell are you doing? Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at, too. Um, physics have to be very against you in that kind of a situation because you have to be going very fast, trying to take a corner too sharp. Um, some of those golf carts, you know, you're, you're, it's almost quicker to walk alongside of them to actually drive them. So certain golf carts are a little bit easier to flip than others. But to say that he flipped a golf cart is actually pretty impressive because it's very difficult to do, but it's also a, uh, you know, fitting, fitting narrative to what has gone on between the Broncos and Russell Wilson. Uh, that actually, yeah, he didn't see the bunker ahead of him is like one, uh, one piece of the buzz. Um, by the way, I don't want to derail, um, the, uh, the, the, the podcast talk, but I do think that uh, this tweet literally came out like while we were talking about Jalen hurts. So I thought it was, I thought it was worth bringing up. Uh, it's yes. not, it's not gonna be shocking, but, um, uh, Tom Pelissero mm. of NFL media tweeted Alabama quarterback Bryce Young has canceled his remaining pre draft visits per sources. Another sign to back up belief in the league that 2021 Heisman Trophy winner will be the Panthers pick at number one overall. He also visited the Texans who draft number two. Um, Josh, you are the draft expert here. Uh, I, you know, I am not, uh, if you ask me to name 57 prospects in this draft class, I would fail. I'm just kidding. I, probably, I, don't, I don't know how many I can get. This draft class is a little funky, but um, you don't have to be Mel Kuyper the fifth to figure out that Bryce Young knows he's either going number one or number two based on these cancellation of the visits, right? Yeah, it's pretty easy to read between the lines on this one, similar to Jalen Carter putting out that he was not going to take visits to teams that did not pick inside the top 10. What this essentially means is that Bryce Young has been given some kind of guarantee from a team that he has visited that he is going to be taken early. Now, if we look at his visit schedule this past week, he met with Carolina early in the week. He met with Houston second during the week. So it leads me to believe that maybe Houston on that second trip gave him a guarantee that, hey, if Carolina doesn't take you, we're going to take you at number two overall. So I think that's kind of where it sits today. I don't know that it's really any information that we didn't have to this point, but it's definitely um, a little bit more concrete evidence as to what we've been hearing to this point, which is Carolina is is very possibly taking Bryce Young. And if he doesn't go there, then he's going to go number two overall. Is that a smart decision to cancel or do you, or would you think it'd be better just to continue ride everything out, even though you got these semi guarantees? We all know that nothing is really guaranteed. I don't know that I would halt everything. I would continue with the process. Yeah, I would love to see Tom. What um, and I don't know if I don't know who do you you don't know off the top of your hand who he had scheduled coming up. Do you? Um, Josh? I would assume it's the same culprits. Colts. The Colts, yeah. you know. Now here's the one reason you should. Uh, so, the, usually with anything like this, and Bryce Young's rep by CAA. So I mean, like you know, I'm not sure who his exact. I, I've seen his. I've seen. I can't remember what his agent's name is, but he's a CAA guy. Um, you know, the reason you the reason you do this is perhaps you want to maybe you think Carolina is sort of getting cold feetish and or Carolina is mm -hmm. being less than committal and you want to force the Texans hand or force the Panthers hand um, into saying, you know, like or, or you just want to build the narrative up that you are going to go. You want to make it feel like you're going one. So if you fall to the Texans at two, they're going to take you 100 percent. I think it's more likely that he he believes that he he's his reps have heard from the Texans that he is going to go two if he doesn't go first overall to the Panthers. And to your point, though, the reason why you should keep these things going is that what if you f don't play well at Carolina, and mm. for whatever reason the offensive line stinks, the weapons aren't you know weapons Adam Thielen you know, the weapons aren't great, whatever it is, and or you know Frank Wright can't get the most out of you, you know, whatever it is you would have a meeting with the Colts 
where they might have, or Chris Ballard, who could be in a, being a GM, GM somewhere else, could end up being like, man, I was blown away by Bryce Young. The personality, the leadership, the mental you know, acuity, all of this, that would be on your file with that GM, that front office, that coaching staff, et cetera, et cetera, that franchise in the event that you would become a free agent for any reason down the line. So it's a little weird not to do it. It's, it's a little different when you're like the first or second overall pick. You're like, look, I'm going one or two. I don't need to do that. And, you know, maybe you don't want to go and like, you, you, if you know you're going one or two right now, you're better off probably just hunkering down and letting the next 10 days play themselves out because yeah. you, you're, you can't change anything by going like you're, you're not going to help yourself by going to these visits in the immediate future. In the long-term future, you could help yourself, but you could, in theory, hurt yourself if you went to Indy and you're like, yeah, like, you know, I don't really like Frank Reich, but I like, you know, like, I like the Panthers organization, <laughs> you know, something like that. You, you never know. So that's sort of where I, I guess my head's at. Yeah, I think the other part of this is they probably did not consult the NFL uh, because with Carolina, they probably already know who they're going to take number one overall but that's not going to stop them from taking every single second when they're on the clock at number one overall on Thursday night. So the NFL loves to keep that mystery in this. And the fact that young is coming out and kind of limiting his options, even though he kind of knows where he's going to go. Um, I doubt that the NFL is in favor of that, but young obviously, um, you know, has a, has a very strong case to not take those visits if he doesn't want to. So there's not much that the NFL can do about it. Interesting. All right, let's talk about what happens at number three with the Cardinals. Do D-Hop and Buda Baker get moved on draft night? Uh, D-Hop did sit down with our BMAC and was pretty candid about where he would and would not like to be drafted. No big surprise. He likes the Bills and the Chiefs, who wouldn't want to go there. Wasn't too enthusiastic about the Jets, and I believe the Patriots was the other one that they asked there. What do you think happens, Josh, uh, with this number three pick in the Cardinals? Well, I think they're very likely to trade down out of that position. This is a team, if they're being honest with themselves, I think they're in more of a rebuild situation, even when you look at Kyler Murray's contract, which is just totally absurd. It's going to be about $51 million salary cap hit next season. They've got a ton of needs on this roster. They really need to trade back, pick up some additional draft assets to rebuild this roster. And I think that continues when you look at Buda Baker, when you look at DeAndre Hopkins. Baker is almost 28 years old. He's got nearly a $17 million cap hit. A safety at that stage of his career is not going to help you over the next couple of years as you try to rebuild. So I think if you try to get anything in return at this point, that's going to accelerate the pace in which you're able to rebuild this roster. And the same is true of DeAndre Hopkins, nearly 31 years old, carrying a nearly $31 million cap hit. When you're talking about Kyler Murray having a $51 million cap hit next season, you need some of that savings. So I think it, it's in their best interest to move DeAndre Hopkins and Buda Baker, but we don't know about Monty Austin for as a general manager. Is, is he somebody that is going to be aggressive in trying to move those players, or is he going to keep some veteran leadership in the locker room and you know try to instill a culture? I think what we learn over the next couple of weeks is, is going to be very telling for his entire tenure as a general manager. Yeah. Um, man, I, I gotta tell you, I mean, like, I think the Cardinals are, you know, I did that troll mock draft. And I gave the Cardinals a quarterback. I mean, I guess that's off the table. Mm. I guess. I mean, Kyler Murray's going to have, I think a $16 million cap hit this year. You can't cut him for two years. You can cut him. I mean, I guess you could cut him in if you, you know, post June release, you'd have to eat like a $48 million cap hit. And you, you really, you have to keep him for 23, 2023, 2024, but like 2023 might be a completely wasted year yeah. for the Cardinals. I mean, he's probably not going to be ready to start the season. They are by far and away the worst roster in the division. They have a new coaching, a new coach, a new GM, everybody's sort of feeling things out. They have a high pick, but it's in a bad draft. And even if they trade down, they, like they need to dump Hopkins. They need to trade down in this draft. They need to accumulate as many assets as possible. Um, but again, like I'm telling you, man, why does Kyler Murray have to be the franchise quarterback more than two years out? What if he plays eight games this year and then stinks again in 2025? Like I just don't like. I, 
I'm not saying they have to draft somebody this year, and I don't I don't think they'll do it at, at third. But the idea that they won't draft somebody next year with that if they have the number one overall pick is asinine. Because you could trade Kyler Murray for something. And worst case scenario, you have him on the roster in 2024, and he either he starts and plays really well, and you have a Drew Brees Phillip River situation, or you know, he stinks. Or you just you just bench him and you and you start the rookie, whether it's Caleb Williams or or Drake May, and you cut Kyler Murray and save, I don't know, twenty-four million dollars or twelve million dollars in salary cap space the next year. Like I don't I think I think it's I think the assumption that Kyler Murray is going to be the Cardinals quarterback for the anything more than the next two years is pretty outrageous at this point. Where do you think Kyler Murray would be a good fit if they move him in the next two years? The major league baseball. Oh, the ace. Very rude. I don't know why I felt the need to say that. Um, (laughs) You're uh, proud of yourself with that? Yeah, maybe with the A's in uh, Vegas when they move them. Okay, moving on to the Panthers and the Texans picks. Josh, do the Panthers take Stroud, and do the Texans actually take a quarterback at number two? Well, I think that's the biggest question of the, you know, early draft at this point, because it sounds like Carolina is probably leaning towards Bryce Young, which is why we've started to hear more buzz that Houston could possibly not take a quarterback at number two overall. Um, I still think it would be, you know, kind of crazy because I like CJ Stroud, but if they have that conviction where they don't think he's a top five caliber prospect, they don't think he's a top 10 caliber quarterback in the NFL then don't make a pick. I mean, I, I I truly believe that these teams do a lot of scouting. They have a lot of information. If they don't feel that there's a player worthy of being their franchise quarterback, then they shouldn't take one just to take one. But it's kind of crazy looking back to see how their season ended because they won two of the last three games to get in this point. I mean, they were in the driver's seat for the number one overall pick. Obviously move on from head coach Lovey Smith after the season, but those two wins over the final three games could possibly cost them the only quarterback they really value as a top prospect in this class. So if Young is off the board, then it totally opens up everything to the point where we've heard conversations that maybe they would take Will Anderson, the edge rusher from Alabama, or possibly even Tyree Wilson, the edge rusher from Texas Tech. I I don't think the Texans are locked into a quarterback at all if Bryce Young is off the board. I I Mm. think – and I, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what's interesting. And now you can, um, oh crap, let me, uh, <laughs> I had to open it on my laptop. Give me one second. I will find the, the comments from. Well, I'll just, I'll, I'll add ahead, this go. real quick because in the 2021 draft class, that was the year with Trevor Lawrence. That was the year with Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, all of those quarterbacks. Atlanta's sitting there at number four. A lot of teams are associating the Falcons as a potential quarterback needy team. Um, and instead they pass on Justin Fields, they pass on Mac Jones and they take Kyle Pitts. So it's not unreasonable to think that these teams are not going to reach for a quarterback that they truly do not see franchise caliber, uh, talent, um, you know, to take early in this draft class. I I do think there is some precedence there where they could pass on a quarterback if they don't deem that player capable. So a couple of things just from, um, uh, Peter King's column, uh, FMIA, Football Morning America column. This might sound crazy, but I'm not sure how many teams will be aggressive in trying to move up for C.J. Stroud if Bryce Young goes first to Carolina. Um, Tyree Wilson, the Texas Tech pass rusher, might be in competition with Alabama's Will Anderson for the top defensive prospect on Houston's draft board, and that could mean something if the Texans aren't quite as smitten with C.J. Stroud as mock draft world. M, D, and W there capitalizes if in a pejorative manner, basically saying, the internet and then Peter's I'm not saying Peter's dogging on my draft world just that like everyone's like well Panthers Bryce it's and look like again I mean I'm not I'm not annoyed by it Lance Earline just plugged in as he gets our mocks came out the same day I I I said somebody I was like damn it Lance is doing what I like I was gonna do I don't think the Texans are taking CJ Stroud I've, I I don't I don't think they like CJ Stroud the entire world is like Panthers take one, Texans take the other. That's just how it's going to go. It's just, no, that is not how it goes in the NFL. It is not as simple as, for instance, Katie Mox, Kelly, you're going to hate this one, but the te- this okay, 49ers took Alex Smith first overall. Did the next team immediately take Aaron Rodgers? No, he plummeted down the draft. Now that's a different situation, but three running backs went in the first five picks that year. That's weird. Do you think the, the yeah. Bears? 
You think the Bears could have used at any point over the last 20 God. years Aaron Rodgers? Oh, 15 years? Right? I mean, the point Imagine is like, how different that would be. It's a good Bears NFL what Rogers. if. Uh, trademark. Yeah. Trademark. Yeah, yeah, take Mahomes instead of Trubisky. They trademark uh, Dave Damashek, the NFL what if. The point being is like, it's not as simple as, oh, the Panthers took Bryce Young. Well, the Texans will take C.J. Stroud. Could they take C.J. Stroud? Of course. Could they take Anthony Richardson? Of course. Will Levis? Of course. They could do all that. They could also say, we have two and we have 12, and we have a roster that's getting better, but isn't that good, and we'll probably have a pick in the top 10 next year. Maybe we can even trade and like let somebody move up. We can sit at 12 and see if Will Levis or Anthony Richards start falling and make a move up or just sit there and maybe he'll fall to them. Or you say, we're going to draft two defensive players in this draft, bolster the side of the team that D'Amico Ryan's focuses on, improve the quality of our overall roster, and then say, next year, let's try and go get a quarterback or let's focus on getting a quarterback in the future. The idea that, a, that you have to draft whatever the quarterback is that's left over is so stupid to me yeah it's a similar narrative to what i mentioned with justin fields a lot of people thought he was the second best quarterback in that draft class yep. also coming out of ohio state and he falls a little bit down down the draft board yep. so while we all think that cj stroud is going to be taken early in this draft class we do not truly know how teams value these quarterbacks and he could go later uh than we initially expected and, and let's not discount the fact that and i say this all the time and when i say it i know how stupid i sound but i promise you there are <laughs> I promise you there are NFL GMs and NFL personnel guys who say the same thing that I'm saying, which is I don't trust Ohio State quarterbacks. There's a long history of these guys not being good in the NFL for, and they're probably not, it's not, it's not fair because sometimes the issue with them is that like is completely different for, you know, various reasons. Right. But Justin Fields is the closest thing we've had to a successful Ohio State quarterback. And the dude is passing for like 1800 yards and running the ball. So to me, the idea that like like I would be nervous about taking an Ohio State quarterback because we have this lengthy history dating back to when Urban Meyer was running things and through to Ryan Day, who was his top lieutenant offensive, you know, offensive coordinator and then took the, took over the team. Like it just doesn't translate to the NFL. That has to be a red flag when you start thinking about these Ohio State quarterbacks. You can't just assume that it's like, oh, CJ Stroud's a differentiator. Now, is he more accurate? Is he sneaky athletic? Sure, all those things are true, but I just don't trust Ohio State quarterbacks, and I know that's stupid, but I promise you that people around the NFL, GMs included, feel that way as well. Well, it's not that stupid if you look at the history of Ohio State quarterbacks in the draft. What about some other teams that are looking to trade up or trade down, might be busy on draft night, like maybe the Bucks. I've been seeing some rumors that maybe they're going to move Devin White to get into the quarterback market. What do you think, Josh? Yeah, the issue with that is that linebackers do not carry as much value. So I don't know how much Devin White is going to bring in return, especially when he's looking for a contract that's in the in the neighborhood of $18 million a year. Um, he's a very good player, but I think it's a little bit too rich for Tampa Bay to move up the board from number 19 overall, especially to get into that top five conversation where they have a little bit more uh, ability to you know handpick which quarterback they take in this draft class. So I think it's a little bit too rich. But I keep coming back to, um, I can't remember who put it out, but there was a story that the Cardinals have heard from six teams that could possibly be interested into trading up to number three overall. And it's a little difficult to pinpoint who exactly they're talking about because we, you've got... We did, we did it. It's like you can get to, you can get to four kind of easy. Yeah. And like and five I, and six, you're like... Mm. I put the Texans on there, but I, I don't even believe that because I don't think it goes any deeper than that. I, I it, can't imagine Tampa Bay moving up. Why would why would the Texans I agree with you completely? Why would the Texans trade up to three to draft a quarterback after passing on this quarterback that they love enough to trade future assets for to get to three at right. number two so they could take Will Anderson or Tyree Wilson, neither of whom is a generational prospect? Right. Yeah, so I think the Titans are are certainly in the mix to possibly yeah. move up. Indianapolis is still involved. Las Vegas, I mean, if CJ Stroud were to fall a little bit. Um, that's a player that I think would intrigue Josh McDaniels. I agree. I agree um, with that completely. There's a few teams we heard today that the Steelers might be interested in moving up for Jalen Carter. That's a team that oh. historically has not, um, you know, held their cards close to the best. We kind of knew they were going to take Najee Harris. We kind of knew they were going to take uh, Kenny Pickett. We kind of knew they were going to trade up Devin Bush. Yeah, TJ Watt. I mean, this is a team that 
is not afraid to lay their cards on the table. New, new, new GM. Now, granted, he comes from underneath. Um, uh, he, you know, he, he worked with Kevin Colbert. So, like, I think you will see similar styles. But, yeah, for sure. Like, the, like uh, the Najee Harris thing just gave away a point in my mock draft that year. Just why would I want that free, free square? No, no, give him somebody else. <laughs> and I look at the Eagles as another one because Howie Roseman loves a good deal. So that's a team that you always have to yep. throw into the equation. Okay, I think, I think, Josh, I think Josh nailed it. Yeah. All right, Josh nailed it. We're going to take a quick break. But before we do, do you like soccer? Then check out the CBS Sports Galazzo Network, the first of its kind, free 24-7 channel dedicated exclusively to global soccer coverage. It's now streaming on the CBS Sports app, Pluto TV, and Paramount+. Plus. Get your morning started off on the right foot with Morning Footy, our weekday soccer culture-driven morning show beginning at 7 a.m. Eastern. Plus, don't miss the rest of our top-notch programming, including live matches and re-airs, original studio shows, highlights, documentaries, and much more more. CBS Sports Galazzo Network is the ultimate year-round streaming destination for fans of the beautiful game. You're watching the Pick 6 Podcast. We'll be right back. Get breaking news. Big news coming out of the NFL today. Highlights and instant reactions. The largest final round comeback in tour championship history. We're down to the final four. I just want to take time to analyze greatness. Shock winners and losers with a guy who's already a big winner. CBS Sports HQ. It's all sports all day long. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Welcome back to Pick 6. I'm Katie Mox here with Josh Edwards and Will Brinson. And today we continue our journey to the draft. Make sure you keep it locked with us all week long for more NFL offseason news. And follow us on social at Pick 6 Pod across all social platforms. All right. What players do we feel like are generating the most buzz in this year's draft? Obviously, quarterbacks we talked a lot about already today. Offensive tackles seem to be ranking amongst the most impressive. Then you have people that are generating not so great buzz, like maybe Jalen Carter. Um, I don't know. Well, Josh, who sticks out to you? Well, I think to start, this is a very volatile draft class, and we're kind of seeing a lot of the same names in the first round. But I think it's going to be shaken up a little bit more than what is being projected in draft media. I think there's a lot of players in the conversation in the second half of the first round. Um, so typically we look at these very athletic profiles, guys, at the NFL, maybe values their upside, um, thinks that they still have a lot of untapped potential and can be more in the NFL. I look at Oklahoma offensive tackle, Anton Harrison, that could possibly get into the first round. When we look at the run on offensive tackles, Broderick Jones, Paris Johnson, Darnell Wright, Peter Skaronsky, if you want to throw him into that conversation, we're probably looking towards the top half of the first round. Then there's a little bit of a gap. I think Harrison could possibly get into the, the, the latter stages of the first round. Um, another player, Mozzie Smith, a defensive tackle from Michigan. Um, you know, he's got a very excellent athletic profile as well. I think that's a player that could sneak into the first round. And um, Steve Avila, the interior offensive lineman from TCU, Hendon Hooker, who we've discussed at the quarterback position, um, is another player that could get in the first round because he's coming off a torn ACL. So I could see a team valuing that fifth year option to possibly get him in the first round as opposed to waiting to take him atop in round two. Yeah, we um uh I was like, who are we talking to in this podcast? And I was like, wait, what on this podcast? We had uh Rob Bazola on. <laughs> Uh, you better you bet last week when I was co-hosting with Nick Costos. And I was like, I know we didn't talk to Rob Bazzola. I love Rob, but um it was definitely for it was definitely for you better you bet. And um he thinks the under four and a half quarterbacks in the first round is a really good bet. I agree with you completely. Mm -hmm. Like I I I don't I, I think it feels I'm trying to think which year it was. I, I think that somebody trades up for Hinden Hooker to get that extra year if they love Hinden Hooker because you 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 sleep on it overnight, and you think about last year. It's like all right, like over under X number of quarterbacks in the first round. Somebody will trade up and get Malik Willis in the first round. I think Hendon Hooker is a much better prospect than Malik Willis, or at least much more valued uh, based on his ability to be an actual pocket passer versus um, you know sort of the explosive uh, you know poor man's Lamar Jackson or wh whatever whatever we want to call him, Malik Willis or poor man's Jalen Hurts, whatever you want to call him. Um, you know, it, I, certainly a guy that 
I'd be curious to know where Hooker goes if he doesn't tear his ACL, Josh, because it does feel like everybody, every time you have a draft conversation, like he gets mentioned as it's like, yeah, he's heading towards ACL. Who knows where he might be going? And, and you know, you think back to like Jeffrey Simmons. It's a different position, but Simmons tore his ACL during the draft process and still was a first-round pick. Would have been a top-five pick. But, you know, there's that difference in – where you get selected based on injury, either late in the season or in the offseason leading up to the draft. And in reality, with an ACL in particular, you shouldn't worry that much about it. The player's going to come back and going to come back maybe even stronger. And if you discount where you would, if you wildly discount where you, or wildly drop where you would draft that player as a result of that ACL, you probably end up missing out on, on what could be a really good player. Like if you love Hinton Hooker and you're, or, you're an organization who loves Hinton Hooker, trade in the first round and get him. Don't let him fall to the second round because you get that fifth year option and you, you don't have to worry about somebody else sniping you. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I think if he had not been injured, he probably still goes in the 20s somewhere. Uh, just because Anthony Richardson is still going to do what he did at the NFL Combine at his pro day, he was going to be a riser. I do think that the NFL landscape values Will Levis a little bit more than the dra uh, draft media right now. So I still see those being the first four quarterbacks taken. And then I lean towards the under on that four and a half quarterbacks right now, just because I do think that Hooker probably still goes in round two somewhere. Um but that's why the number is set at four and a half, because you can make a case for, for either side of it. Um, I just personally think that we always imagine these quarterbacks getting pushed up the board, and it doesn't necessarily work out that way every single year. Last year was a perfect example. Uh, you know, there was a point where we were talking about Malik Willis, not me personally, but we were talking about Malik Willis as the number two overall pick, and then, yeah. you know, he goes Third wherever round. he went. So, um, you know, we go through this every single year. So I would still lean towards the under with Hooker being that fifth quarterback off the board once we get into day two. Yeah, according to our friends at Caesars, the under four and a half quarterbacks in the first round is juiced to minus 140 over minus 110. So it seems like books are leaning that way as well. All right, you guys already touched on this. There's so much hoopla that goes into this. Like how should fans process all of the rumors and buzz between now and draft night? Because you've got players, agents, teams, all planting different stories, different diversions, trying to get, you know, different money and stuff out of everybody. And we're trying to gamble on this as well. Like, how do you, would you take, obviously you take everything with a grain of salt, but how do you process this information and try to make, uh, you know, not to get yourself too excited and try to make smart bets? Well, I mean, I'll be honest. I don't know that I have a draft bet in yet so far. I've been kind of cautious about it. I think this is a weird draft to do it. There haven't been as many offerings available. Um, for me, what you want to focus on, like, I'll say that I think, I think one of the key lessons about draft night uh, actually, I'll give two key lessons. I think for this one, oh. em embrace the chaos. You know, we did the we did the what what position will Team X pick first, right? Well, mm -hmm. in those spots with this draft and the complete uncertainty with these prospects, once you get away from the four quarterbacks, who by the way we have no certainty on either. We don't know if CJ Stroud is going to go two or twelve. You know, we don't know if Anthony Richardson is going to be a top five pick or a top fifty pick. Like. If you think you know, you're lying to yourself because you there are less teams with first-round picks, again, for the second year in a row because a lot of these have been traded. There are a lot of new GMs for the second year in a row, and these GMs, the leaks do not come out the way that they used to. So embrace the chaos in terms of don't like – you, and this is going to be two very conflicting – <laughs> point to have, but, it, well, like, it, but it, right, right, I know, right. Embrace the chaos when it comes to stuff like that. Like, be creative and think. All right, offensive lineman for the Raiders. You know, three to one or whatever. You know, whatever it is, be like, all right, like, I mean, could they go outside the box? Absolutely. Like, do not assume that teams are teams are going to draft for need in this draft because they may value a certain player higher than another player. They may move around. There's going to be a lot of moving around, I think, and it's a very malleable draft class. Now, the other point is going to be. The closer you get to the draft, the more mm. juice you should be willing to lay. For instance. Really? Oh, yeah. Because at well, a certain I thought point. You're basically saying don't bet chalk because right, but, but, anything but can happen. Once, sprinkle on some of these longer shots. Right. But I'm saying once we get closer to the draft, like on Thursday morning of the draft, we are going to see a tweet, two tweets. Actually, it'll be like three or four tweets because Adam Schefter will tweet. 
And then um, <laughs> Rappaport will tweet, but then Garofalo will quote tweet him and Pelissero will quote tweet him. And then they'll all retweet each other. And your phone will be like, why are you doing Princeton this to me? Can't you all just, yeah. Th- yeah. It's like, I don't need these alerts. Um, but we're going to know for certainty what is going to happen with a couple of the picks on the, on the first day at some point on Thursday. And then that, like, when you see that tweet, that's like Bryce Young is, Bryce Young is focusing on Bryce Young on Thursday of the draft. You can lay minus 10,000 and it's good value because the reality is Bryce Young first overall at that point, once you see that should be minus 10 million. Like it's still plus EV at at, at minus 500 or whatever it ends up moving to, you know? So like, I think that's like, you don't want to bet Bryce Young minus 200 right now. There's 10 days to go. And I'm sure based on the stuff this morning, it's probably at like 350 or 400, maybe 500. But the point being is the closer you get to the draft, the more the more concrete you will feel about certain stuff and the more willing you need to be to lay juice. I think it'll be less the case with this particular draft than the last couple, but don't be scared of juice when something is a certainty because minus 500 for something that is, should be minus 10 million is incredible value. Right, but if you're going to lay minus 500, then you've got to lay a lot of money. Otherwise, it's not worth it. Oh, it just, I mean, it depends. So like, let's say your unit's 25 bucks. Lay 125, you win a unit. I mean, we'll wipe away one of your crappy NBA bets, right? <laughs> That's how I look at it for me. Yeah, now, when I say you, I don't mean you. I mean me. Yes, I understand. Yes. Sorry. I would say one other thing is kind of like something to look forward to over the coming years, because when somebody comes out with a rumor, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's wrong. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's right. I think what you have to do is evaluate how each of these analysts handle certain teams because I think some of them have really good reads on certain teams. And if you kind of, you know, go through their, their history, Great call. Uh, reporting on certain teams, you kind of get a feel for which people in the media kind of have an idea what certain teams are going to do. Um, the Cowboys, I think there's a couple people that have a pretty good read on the Cowboys. Um, Dane Brugler is one of them. I think he's, he's been pretty locked in. The best example of this, and I think this is a great call, Josh. It's like you have to know who's good with what teams. With Daniel Jeremiah – does his final mock draft pay attention to whatever the jets do. He and Joe Douglas mm-hmm. worked together for like 20 to 30 years in the Ravens, the Eagles, wherever Daniel Jeremiah had them taking Makai Becton. I'm pretty sure he had him taking sauce Gardner. Now the jets are only picking at 13. So it's a little bit different, but pay attention to who and what they're taking at 13 and Daniel Jeremiah's final mock draft for the Jets. Lance Zierlein is another one. I mean, he was ahead of everything that we're talking about with Houston to this point. So if what he has already said has come true, then you would have to think that he's got some pretty good intel there as well. So Peter, don't Peter, necessarily Peter, Peter Schrager and the Cardinals is a good one. Love Schrager, yeah. bomb. friend of the pod Schrager. So don't necessarily assume that what every person says about every team is a smokescreen or what they say is gospel, but take each one of them with a grain of salt, kind of build this uh, resume of sorts and just kind of try to get to the bottom of who actually has a feel for each of these teams. Agreed. Brinson, when do you lock in your draft bets? How close? Um, usually I do it. I mean, usually I've got like a bunch tied up by now. Um, the offerings have just been summer. Um, and I, this draft is, I, I'm like, I'm taking a little bit more of a cost. I'm actually catching flack from it for some people who like I do draft chats with. It's like, where you locked in on the draft? You're mad I'm not locked in on you locked in on golf. It's like, I mean, what do you want me to be locked in on, man? Leave me alone. I think that this um I think this draft in particular just carries so much chaos with it that yeah. I'm a little hesitant, like I'm a little hesitant to be overexposed this far out when I mean I mean like Peter Skaronsky is the f- favorite to be the first lineman taken, but he's gonna play he's a short arm tackle who's gonna play guard and there's just, I mean, one, there's the offerings are smaller. And I, again, I, I cannot stress this enough. I think that the, I think that the books are kind of screwing up by, um, by, I think that I don't think they realize it. I think they're like trying to protect themselves, but by waiting yeah. until like basically the week of the draft or, you know, a week away from the draft to really get these offerings out there, they're going to end up getting exposed on some bad lines that they put out there because people are ready to bet into these markets aggressively. Whereas if you put them out a month ago, it's basically just the DGENs who are draft junkies who will allow you to formulate more concrete ideas about what the market should be based on what they're betting. So instead you're going to get these, you're going to have bigger uh, limits 
You're going to have bigger offerings and you're going to get peppered on some stuff. Um, I just think this draft in particular doesn't really get me going, even with the quarterbacks. And I don't want to have a bunch of exposure to a bunch of different draft bets that ultimately, um, you know, I don't feel very good about just because of the nature of the draft. Shockingly responsible for me. I was going to say responsible gaming from uh, Brinson. We love to see it. All right, guys, that's going to do it. One Brinson. One eight hundred Brinson. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred Brinson. Okay. That's going to do it for us on the show today. Make sure you join us tomorrow at 1 p.m. for more NFL off-season coverage. Remember to like, comment, subscribe on the YouTube page for everyone listening to the audio-only version. Do the same. Download, follow, leave a five-star review, and tell your friends to listen and watch the pod. On behalf of Mox, Edwards, and Brinson, we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>